And we're off. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Hand on our heart. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to be wholeheartedly here to remember our true nature. Our true identity is perfect love. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our true identity in spirit. We are grateful to come together for this holy purpose. We are grateful and thankful to consciously say yes to spirit. We are willing to let go of the blocks to love, and we declare our willingness. We share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our ever-increasing joy with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Well, so this is the fourth week, the final week of our New Year's Rocket Fuel series. And so um, things are going to shift a bit starting next week. We're uh, going to move to a new topic. Uh, we're going to start uh, our prayer classes, uh, which oftentimes people find are very helpful, very enlightening, and uh, will prepare you for your prayer partners. Those of you who are in Masterful Living, because we do have some folks who are just in the New Year's Rocket Fuel series, um, those who are in Masterful Living, you'll be getting your prayer partners. And uh, if for any reason you feel that you cannot have a prayer partner for some reason, uh, you can write to Angela at JenniferHadley.com. Let her know we'll be doing the prayer partnerships uh, later this week. Um, and... So let's get into uh, our, our curriculum today, and uh, we're going to be looking at the contracts. So last week, we did our visioning, and we're going to take inspiration from there for the contract. And this is all in your Masterful Living uh, workbooks. So um, I'm actually going to uh, pull up in the, the, the visual here, so you can see it, um, like I knew what I was doing, which I do. Where is it? Here we go. Got to get the right button. So uh, you can see here, uh, this is uh, the inside of the workbook. And uh, scrolling down, you've got your index here, and you can see in your index, here's the life visioning, see here, life visioning and masterful living contract. So life visioning, that's what we did last week. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to, let's see, let's go to, uh, uh, it's going to be about page So this, if you, this part uh, we called um, the repeating memories for the New Year's reboot handout. So you can always transfer that information here to your workbook if you're in Masterful Living. You can write in your percentage 
and fill out this little inquiry here at the bottom of page 78. And then you can fill in what you got from your the visioning that we did last week, what's your highest vision or divine idea for your life, uh, what you must become and embody, and then uh, what is it you need to release, and then the symbol, can draw a picture or, or paste something in there. Uh, and then the action steps to support your goal. So that you can fill in the part of your visioning there. And if you missed last week, it's there on the recording. You can just listen to that visioning and go right through it and write everything in your journal here. So, uh, and your contract, um, uh, there's a little worksheet here for you to uh, uh, work and discover your contract. And then um, here is the actual contract. I'm going to make this a little smaller here, maybe. Um, so you can see what this page looks like. And those of you who are in New Year's Rocket Fuel, uh, the contract is there for you and you can print it out. And those of you in Masterful Living, there's a, a new contract, a blank contract in all of the journals. And there's this, this handout is also, I believe, at the Masterful Living um, class page. So um, in the handouts there. So you can um, fill this out. But you could always print out a new one. I would say make it a living contract. So it's one that you really feel comes from your heart. And we're just going to spend a little bit of time on this now. Uh, but you can see here, and now I'll make this a little bigger. How do I do that? Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain it. So, uh, the aspiration that goes in your contract, I encourage you to write out how you aspire to be and to feel. So you might write a few paragraphs about that as you're exploring and contemplating what your aspiration for the year would be. Or you could say your aspiration for right now. So you're going to draw from the visioning, particularly the divine idea or holy purpose for your life. For example, my aspiration is to feel free and loving in every moment. So um, uh, I believe I shared last week that uh, when I've done hundreds of these visionings and I, I mostly get this idea from myself that my life, the vision for my life is like a heart that's broadcasting like a lighthouse, broadcasting this heart light like a lighthouse. And, and it, the lighthouse to me is very, uh, very much an apt symbol for not just me, but for a lot of light workers because you're, you're guiding people to the shore, uh, so that they don't crash on the rocks, right? And that's, that's, part of what that imagery of the lighthouse is. Many times people, uh, when they're writing their aspiration for the year, I encourage them to simply focus on a spiritual quality, and we talked about this some last week, 
a spiritual quality that you feel you'd really like to experience in your life. So, uh, and we were looking at the spiritual qualities last week, and there's a section in the workbook on that. So spiritual qualities are peace, love, joy, freedom, wisdom, clarity, harmony, uh, wholeness, um, abundance, prosperity. These spiritual qualities are live streaming all the time. They are our true essence, our true nature. Uh, the very essence of our being is these spiritual qualities. And for me, it, it was really, truly, deeply healing to recognize that that statement of seek ye first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you, that the all else is the full recognition that these spiritual qualities are our identity, they are our true nature, and the only reason that we feel a lack of prosperity or a lack of wholeness, a, a lack of love, a lack of joy, a lack of peace is because we're holding on to some belief that's not actually true and we can give it up to the Holy Spirit for healing, even if we don't know what the belief is. It's not necessary for us to know what that belief that's the block is. Spirit knows our personality does not need to know. Many, many people have spent years on a therapist's couch, uh, decades in exploration, trying to figure out what's wrong with them. That is not an expedient approach to healing. Searching for what's wrong. Searching for where did this false belief come from? How did I get it? Who taught it to me? When did I get it? How long have I had it? This kind of exploration can, can uh, take many decades of a person's life, but it's not necessary to our healing. As Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, said, the only time that it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. And so if we're working with the teachings in A Course in Miracles, we realize that it can be so fast because it's actually not in time. So it can be instantaneous healing. It's not time bound. Time is not part of the equation in healing. But you see the personality or the ego really gets caught up in Things like that are going to take a long time. Or I remember one time it was such a revelation to me. I was telling my mother, this is decades ago, I was telling my mother something that I was excited about exploring or doing. I don't, I don't recall what it was now. And she said, well, you can do that. It's going to be hard, though. And just in that moment, I thought, no, why does it have to be hard? Why does it have to be hard? I understood that instantaneously in that moment that that was a really strong concept that she had, that things had to be hard, that they had to be difficult, that they take a long time. And that that really wasn't my understanding of things, but I had 
been raised by her. And so I had taken on that concept of things take time and they're hard. I had really adopted that as being true. But in that moment, I realized, no, I don't want it to be hard. I don't wish for that. And so uh, I really made a pact with myself to, to not say that's going to be hard anymore or that's going to be difficult. In fact, I started to, every time that thought would come into my mind, I, I'd say, that's not true. What's true is. And I started to apply that to many things in my life. And so my mother really helped me because she brought it to my attention in that way. I was ripe and ready in that moment to see things with more clarity, to see from a spiritual perspective. So when you start thinking, oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, it's going to take a long time. Oh, we're never going to do it. When you, when you notice yourself thinking anything remotely like that, that's the time for you to pause, partner up with spirit, and say, that's not true, or that's not actually true. That's not the truth. The truth is, I am living a miraculous life. I am miracle-minded. That's the truth of me. That's the truth of my life. And I am open to spirit's assistance here and now to make it easy to experience a life filled with grace. So this is the kind of spiritual practice that we can do all day long. We can do it when we're driving in the car, when we're going to the bathroom, when we're folding the laundry and doing the dishes and walking down the hall and getting the mail. Right. So this is the living spiritual practice that makes us miracle minded, that truly transforms our life so quickly. It's amazing how much transformation you can have in just one year when you really begin to seize the opportunities that are there for us every single day. And when we are open to recognizing these things, like I was open in that moment in the kitchen with my mom, then spirit really does do the heavy lifting of figuring out how to present it to us in the way that we can see it and accept it and employ it and make use of it in that moment. And that's what you'll begin to see this year more and more, the opportunities to choose love the opportunities to change your mind. I wonder if there's anybody here who's not in year one, who might be in year two or three or Ascension Pathway that could just give a real quick example of how you, 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 you've, you've had this kind of experience. This kind of a shift and you notice them happening in your life. Don't make me call on you, Elizabeth. Oh, I can't unmute you. I don't know why. That's okay. I can do it. Uh, shifts. Um, I've had a lot of shifts since I started uh, in Mass for Living 1 in 2016. 
um, a remarkable shift. And um, I, I'm not the same person anymore uh, that I was in January of 2016. And I, not that I was a bad person then, uh, but I, I'm just um, uh, a closer version now to being who I aspire to be. I made progress in that. So my aspiration is to walk the body physical as my higher self. That's and beautiful. Not just, not just in a moment here or there, because I think I do that in moments. But, but to do it all day, every day, 24-7. I'm not there, but I'm gaining on it. Yeah, me too. I'm not there yet. I'm not 100%. But but like you, I, I aspire to really live in the Christ mind and to demonstrate yeah. it. Yeah, in every moment. Yes. And, uh, and, to, and to live a course in miracles, not just say the lesson every day 82 times, but to walk it, talk it, be it, embody it. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is this is how the deaf applaud, you know. So just listening here. Having a simple concise aspiration like Elizabeth is talking about is the best way to go. The, the more concise and simple you can make it, the better. And this is overall, this is my strong recommendation to everyone in writing the contract. You might start off making many drafts of it until you really come to what will work for you. And um, I, it, it is life-changing to do this work. Um, the first time I did something like this that was really affecting me was um, when I was a newly licensed practitioner in 2000. So I was a newly licensed spiritual counselor in the Agape community. And um, I decided to have a kind of purpose statement or mission statement. For me, it was really a purpose statement or an aspiration. So I started uh, writing out a sentence that included the spiritual qualities that were most dear to me, that I was most interested in really expressing and experiencing and most attracted to in a sense. And so I worked on this sentence and I wrote it over and over and over again many times for many days until I felt like I really came up with a statement that felt so perfect for me. And the statement is, I live as the Christ consciousness demonstrating love, compassion, affluence, wisdom, and joy. And, uh, and I, I also feel very connected to beauty, but I didn't put it in at that time. And um, 
so what I did was then I typed up all of that sentence on some beautiful paper and I, I got three beautiful, really beautiful frames and I put one on my desk and one in my living room by where I uh, was doing my counseling sessions and then I put one by my bed. And so it was always there as a reminder whether I looked at it or not, just having it there all the time, it was that constant reminder of what was most important to me. And what I began to notice was, well, first of all, I would wake up in the morning and I would say it first thing in the morning. And I also, first thing in the morning, I would say, uh, my life is the life of God. My hand is the hand of God. My heart is the heart of God. Uh, and I had been doing that for many years, just waking up and that would be the first thing I would say. And so I added this to it. And what I began to notice was, let's say somebody would call me up and say, hey, would you like to uh, participate in this thing? Or I'd like to invite you to go to this uh, workshop with me or this whatever it was and uh, or maybe it might be a, something about reading a book or uh, all the you know the things that people suggest to you or that you see in magazines and newspapers and all that and I started to notice that I would say no to things because it didn't feel like it resonated with that aspiration with that purpose statement and it really became a very simple way for me to eliminate things that weren't going to support what I was doing with my life and whereas prior to then there were many things I would choose to do from the ego spiritual things that I would choose to do from the ego because it would look good on my resume. You know, I could say, oh, yeah, I went to that thing with Wayne Dyer. Oh, yeah, no, I went and saw Deepak then. Or, oh, yeah, I read that book. I stopped doing that stuff. And, you know, still to this day, people will say to me things like, oh, have you read this book by Greg Braden? And I'm like, no. I'm sure his work is really great, but it just didn't call to me, you know. And so, um, uh, which it, it just didn't call to me. I don't even know what it's about. It just didn't call to me. I started to live my life more by that. Picking up things and th really asking spirit, is this going to be helpful to me in achieving my aspiration? And of course, many times you forget, but just having the contract will make a difference in your life. And what I find is that there are, uh, every year, there are a number of people in Masterful Living that skip this part. They just skip it, like, no, eh, it's a big deal. They skip it. But that's the ego. The ego is skipping it. And I, and, and I, I understand that, believe me. No, no judgment on that. So I'm going to go back to um, sharing here. Um, and uh, so the aspiration is really about 
how you'd like to be and how you'd like to feel. Focus on those two things, not what you'd like to do. And then, and this says week two, but we did the visioning last week. So um, I used to always do it in week two, but now I'm doing things a little differently. I, I do things a little differently all the time or a lot differently, depending on what my guidance is. So it's fresh. I, I'm not giving you a canned curriculum. It's fresh. Um, so the intention part, consider what you must become and embody in order to be the one who fulfills the divine idea or holy purpose for your life. For example, my intention is to release the habits of self-sabotage and self-medication in order to live a life of loving kindness. Here's another one. I intend to experience healing and prosperity at the highest levels. So you can write it, my intention, or you can write, I intend, and actually the, the contract says, my intention is to. So you can, uh, so it's really about uh, your decision of, how you'd like to live, what's most important to you. And if you notice what I've got here, to experience healing and prosperity at the highest levels. To release self-sabotage in order to live a life of loving kindness. So it's really about what is, what is it you'd like to release, what is it you'd like to step into and embody. So you're working with the next two parts of that visioning there. And then the third one, the goal. What are the action steps that support your aspiration and intention? This is something concrete you'd like to accomplish during Masterful Living. For example, my goal is to commit to an exercise program that I learned to love and to make a new like-minded friend with whom to share my spirituality. So you might have two goals. Now, this, this part is, to me, extremely important. I'm going to strongly, strongly recommend this to you. Write your contract out and keep revising it, seeing if you can shorten it and make it more and more concise. The idea would be to have it be so concise that if I came to your house and woke you up at 2.30 in the morning when you're in that deep REM sleep and I said, hey, what's your contract? You would be able to go, uh, my aspiration is to live the life of God and bring peace to every room I enter. Okay, that, that sounds like your intention, but it works for me, you know. I mean, something like that, that you would, it, it would just, it's so present to you, you know. It's that you would know it as well as you know your social security number or your address of your house, your phone number. And I know a lot of times people these days, they even know what their phone number is. I see that sometimes. What's your phone number? I, 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 I. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I can't stress 
what a difference it's going to make to you if you keep your contract that present. Now, here's how you're going to keep it that present. You really are writing it from your heart. Don't write it from your head. Don't write it from your head. And, and um, as you're drafting it there, so let's see, um, maybe somebody who uh, has been in Masterful Living before, do you have a, a contract from a previous year or have you done your contract this year? Paula, yeah. Can you, can you just uh, share a little bit? Um, uh, I can't, I don't know why I can't unmute you. Um, to have no, a I'm unmuted. Great. <laughs> so, um, uh, with your contract there, do you mind sharing with us? No. Thank you. That's a privilege. Um, do you want me to read? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. No. <clears throat> Although, as I'm listening to you, I may not have it perfect, but um, when I did it, you liked it. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay. My aspiration is to live purposely and joyously in the awareness of the divinity of myself, everyone and everything. Mm, that's beautiful. My intention is to contribute to the enlightenment of everyone and everything. And my goal is to establish a deeper pattern and practice of manifesting love and living from my higher self. That was beautiful. October 30th, 2016. Nice. And does it still feel relevant to you now? Actually, no. Uh -huh. Interestingly, uh, for the past um, maybe two months, I think, I've been, you know, preparing, I guess, to rewrite. And that's why this is so exciting to me that we're doing it tonight, because I've been wanting to rewrite it. And I started to make notes around the border of it as to some of the thoughts that I have that matter to me and, and, and inspire me. And so this is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite it. All right. So this is something that um, folks can. Thank you, Paula. This is something that um, when you're working on your writing of it, You know, the tendency, I've seen this again and again and again. The tendency is that here's the ego comes out and writes what it should be. Um, and uh, I, when I first started doing Masterful Living 10 years ago, and uh, the, for the first number of years, uh, people would write these three-page contracts with everything in there. You know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to have my teeth fixed. I'm going to get a new car. Uh, I'm going to um, get a promotion. I'm going to, you know, just this long list of ego accomplishments. And um, uh, as well as many other beautiful uh, aspirations and intentions. And it's, I, I want to stress that 
I have goals in the world. I have goals in the world. There's nothing wrong with having goals in the world. It's important and valuable to have goals about uh, your manifestations and experiences in the world. It's really a good idea uh, because as long as you're not attached, right? A healed mind does not plan. As long as you're not attached to what it is, and how it has to be, and how it has to come to you, then you're open, you're receptive, you're calling it forth, you're manifesting, and that that's something that we will be working on this year, is opening ourselves to receive that which we desire without attachment. Because that that that's a mind training right there that's really valuable, because... So much uh, of what we desire, when we can hold it without attachment and energize it with love, with compassion, with openness, with willingness, it's amazing how quickly we can magnetize that or something better. We really can. And uh, we can remove the resistance and the reluctance and all the blocks to us living the life that we desire. And uh, and I feel that that is an important part of the work that we do this year. Because it's very encouraging to work spiritual principle in such a way that we're feeling successful that we're feeling encouraged. It's very helpful and powerful. And there are so many perceptions that we're letting go of on behalf of all humanity that life is hard and that the uh, way of the spiritual student is one of deprivation, right? We're letting go of that belief. We're overturning that false belief in consciousness because, um, and that's one of the most beautiful parts of A Course in Miracles, is there is no sacrifice. And uh, Jesus is very clear multiple places in A Course in Miracles where he tells us that really essentially, if something is hurting you, if something is delaying your healing and your awakening and your happiness and your joy, is it a sacrifice to give it up? If there's something that's standing between you and being joyful, just being happy, is it a sacrifice to give it up? You know, and this is one of the lessons that every spiritual student gets to learn. It's when we can release the attachments, the craving, the needing, the wanting, we can just enjoy the things we have and let go of the things that are not helpful. And so that's one of the, the main uh, aspects of our Masterful Living course. Because it really is about being happy, being fundamentally happy and enjoying our lives. And, and that's the sign that someone is truly spiritual is they're happy. You know, joy is, the, the Course in Miracles tells us that joy 
is uh, our natural state <clears throat> and that uh, when we're not completely joyous, that's a sign that we're believing something that's not true. So um, one of the aspects of working with a contract, once you uh, have it drafted, is I encourage everyone, keep it short so that you really know it and you can recite it to yourself in the morning and the evening. And then it would just take you 15, 20, 30 seconds. It'd be no big thing and you remember it. Just like you remember how to give directions to your house. Once you've lived there for a little while, you can give somebody directions to your house. Um, that it becomes so much a part of where you live that you can tell other people what it is from your memory. You don't have to look up your contract. So I'm inviting you to set that goal and that intention that you will become so present to it. So how do you become so present to it? How do you remember it uh, clearly? Because it comes from your heart and you've worked with it. Um, so one of the aspects of that work with it is, for instance, um, Paula, do you mind telling us what that aspiration was again? Um, to live purposefully and joyously in the awareness of the divinity of myself, everyone and everything. So may I ask you a couple questions about it? Sure. So, um, When your aspiration is accomplished, what are the benefits? Do you have a clear idea of what those benefits are? Uh, I would feel joy. Um, I would be moment to moment in the awareness of my higher self, mm -hmm. of my divinity, mm -hmm. and that I would experience it in myself, but as I would look out, I would experience it joyfully in others, in everyone and in everything. Yeah, so joy is an important part of that, joy and peace. Mm -hmm. And um, what would be the benefits to others? That, um, that you would live your aspiration, accomplish it. It would be a... Um, uh, uh, a demonstration to a model a model for others that you don't have to preach or teach but you radiate that you live it um, you walk your talk and others feel that you know and because we're all one and we're all connected everything feels it and what difference does it make for them to feel it? Well, um, the, uh, if they feel it, hopefully it would vibrate something in them 
that you know they would recognize that and and it would appeal to them you know it would be healing energy for them you know they they may might not even know it yes yes that's it one of the th thank you one of the goals that i set for myself um a few years before i wrote my statement about living as the christ consciousness uh was that i um i had i set this intention really it's not an aspiration so much as more of an intention or a goal uh but that i could walk in a room and that everyone in the room would be lifted up by my presence and i wouldn't have to say anything or do anything special i could just be in the room and be a beneficial presence and so and i really prayed that that would be the case and i would strongly intend it so one of the things that we are really working with this year in masterful living and we've been talking about it in year 2 and year 3 and year 4 which is called ascension pathway we've been talking about the truly helpful prayer on page 28 uh of the text of a course of miracles which i am here only to be truly helpful uh and i'm here to represent god who sent me and um and there's more to that prayer i call it the purpose prayer it's the purpose of every being here to be truly helpful and to represent spirit to represent god to represent their higher self the holy spirit and so uh walking into every room every situation even if you're the only one in the room that that's what why you're there that's why you're here that's why you're manifest in this world you're experiencing this uh illusion this earth that's experience this universe is to be truly helpful and to represent god so that other people will know and feel and see god in the room with them uh or that you will know and feel and see god in the mirror and so if you contemplate the benefits the 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 spiraling out of the benefits of you achieving the aspiration intention and goals in your contract you're really contemplating them you're feeling them to the best of your ability you'll be more identified with it it will it really will be something that comes from your heart because you'll have a more um connected experience and those words won't just be words they really will be symbolic representations of your aspiration your intention and your goal and not just concepts so and that takes some some 
time to contemplate and to connect and to write about it, maybe to talk about it in your mastery circle. For those of you who are in Masterful Living with your friends, prayer partners, loved ones. And um, so it's investing your time and energy in something because it will determine the arc of your year if you let it. And so one of the things that I think is so valuable is this concept of um, that it, it, uh, it has helped me so much to think of when NASA sends a rocket to the moon, they plan that trajectory, right? Going from uh, a certain place in the United States to a certain place on the moon and the moon is spinning and the moon is spinning like this and the earth is spinning like this and they're both also moving while they're spinning right they're both doing that so you have to have a plan of how to get from here to there and then you have weather that influences it you know in the heat of the sun and the cold of the you know when the the, the earth is blocking the sun etc all these different things impact that trajectory. But in order to actually accomplish the goal of getting that rocket to the moon, you have to course correct the whole way. And that's how our life is. We have, we have the trajectory set. We, have, we know where we want to go. We know why we want to go there. We, we are clear about these things, and we have an idea of how to get there. But in order to successfully get there, we have to course correct. So this is like your trajectory for the year. And you will be course correcting all the way, little course corrections. You know, this goal may go out. You know, you may have a really strong goal for one thing and then realize, oh, you know what? That That's really not important to me. Here's what's important to me. And... uh and that's a course correction, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, and and that's how. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, I I um when I was gosh how old was I? I guess I was just out of college, and I read uh, a, a biography or autobiography of Gandhi. Uh, I guess it was a biography of Gandhi, and um, in there one of the the stories of his life was he was giving a press conference or a meeting and saying, uh, uh, you know, what was what he was going to do and what was important to him. And one of the journalists there said something like, well, that's not what you said a month ago. A month ago, you said something quite different about this or that. And Gandhi said, yes, and I've learned some things from that since then. And uh, I would be a terrible leader if I didn't recognize that and say, I've learned some things and I've changed my mind. I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do this now. You know, I, I don't have a problem changing my mind. I have new information. So, um, and that's what true humility is is having no attachment and recognizing that 
there's great value in being able to be in the flow of love without attachment to uh, really how it looks to other people or even to your own ego. And so we're learning to live that way because that's where the love is and the joy is and the freedom is. And, and what's more appealing than somebody who's living with a sense of freedom and joy and in tune with God? That's beautiful. It's spectacular. So that's what we're, we're going for here. All right. I've done a lot of talking. Uh, I'd like to see if people have questions or things that they'd like to share. So you can uh, raise your hand. You know, if you go to the participants at the bottom, if you go to the participants bar, you can always raise your hand there. There's a little thing uh, for raising your hand there. And then, of course, you can wave at me and raise your hand that way if you're on camera. Anybody like to share? Ask Mitzi. I can't unmute you. I'm sorry. It's the lower left. I don't know what's okay. going on with it. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, the last thing that you just said, I have struggled with because people will sometimes say that um, I'm flaky or undependable because I change my mind about things because I will see it differently. Yeah. And I've really struggled with that, especially in personal relationships. And um, and so uh, what you said about, you know, to say something like, I know I said that before, and but now I have new information or I see it differently now and I've changed my mind. That sounds really affirming to me. I just don't. I wondered about that. Can can you help me a little bit with that? Because I really struggle with that. Thank you. Sure, sure. Now, let me ask you a question, Mitzi. Mm -hmm. um, can you give an example of where someone said you were flaky or something like that, that kind of was like, wait, what? Okay. Um, maybe... Like I said that I was going to um, be uh, accepting of everybody that, you know, I, I all, all of the people that I meet. And then, uh, and then, you know, I don't behave that way. And it's, and so it wouldn't be that I'm saying, oh, now my new information is that I'm not accepting. My new information is I'm just not there yet. You know, so then they would be like, oh, you say you're going to be loving or you say you're going to do this and you're not. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm not there yet. I want to be there, but I'm not. So that would that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. OK, that's a really good one, Mitzi. Um, so um, first of all, sometimes it can be like this. So uh, I started taking yoga back in the 90s when I was living in West Hollywood in, in Los Angeles. And um, there were a lot of yoginis, yoga students in the class who um, were literally models, you know, and, and people on TV and things like that. 
spectacular bodies and um, incredibly fit and flexible. And they could, you know, oh, we're going to do handstands now? Great. I love handstands. Well, I've never been able to do a handstand. But um, I would say to myself, I can do that. Just uh, not today. Not today, but I can do it. That that was one way I, I would work with it in my mind. And um, so if you're working with, I have, a, I have an intention to be loving with everyone at all times. That's my intention. And, uh, and then someone says, well, you weren't very loving back there. In fact, I, I wrote about that years ago. Oh, my gosh, that was like 18 years ago. Um, I was skiing on a ski trip with a friend of mine, and um, I was rude to a customer service person at the desk at the resort. And um, my friend got really upset with me. She didn't tell me for a while, but then she said, you don't walk your talk. I saw you. You were rude to that person. You didn't have to be rude to them. You chose to be rude to them. And she was really angry with me about it, really angry. And I sat with it, and I just went back to her, and I said something like, yes, yeah, I get it. I get why you are very disappointed in me. Because you have this idea that, you know, I'm going to be, I'm not having a human experience that I somehow can always uh, rise above my, my human experience. And, um, and here's what I would just like to ask of you. In the future, if you ever see me struggling in my human experience, just reach out to me and say, all's well, or something like that. Help me remember my intention. I'd appreciate that. So I didn't make them wrong for being mad at me and judging me because I realized what was happening was I had been judging the person at the desk at the resort. And then, as God would have it, my friend judged me. The judger always feels judged. It may only come internally, but the judger always feels judged. The lover always feels beloved. And we can decide, do we wish to be the judger or the lover? So it's the attacker always feels attacked. Why? Because the attack is emanating from them. If you're sending attack thoughts out into the world all day, you're always going to feel afraid of being attacked. Why? Because that's what you are putting into the world. And so you're in attack energy all the time. So the judger always feels judged and the lover always feels beloved. And that... That experience with my friend was super unpleasant, 
super unpleasant. And it actually, you know, became a rift in our friendship. She, she didn't, she didn't like this idea that I, I could have moments of um, not walking my talk. Um, she, she was judgmental all the time, but she wanted me to be non-judgmental all the time. And, um, and, and it was a great learning for me that uh, really showed me how her attack on me uh, stung so much because I was in agreement with her. I was in agreement with her. If I hadn't been, like, I, people attack me here and there uh, on a random basis, you know, on Facebook or I get emails from people who are judging me, attacking me, want me to be different, think I should be doing something I'm, I'm not doing or not doing something I am doing. You know, it's just part of being a more visible person. Um, but those things don't bother me. But my friend back then, that did bother me because I felt guilty and ashamed for having been rude to the person at the counter. Have I never been rude since then? No. I mean, I, I, that part of my personality, it comes up all the time. It still comes up all the time uh, of, you know, feeling sarcastic or rude. And um, I, I'm still eradicating that, that um, thought pattern, that belief. So... We, you know, uh, I was having this conversation with uh, someone recently about um, seeing a particular spiritual teacher uh, out of, you know, saying out of integrity. Uh, I really don't even like to say out of integrity anymore. Like those words, I don't say that anymore. I'll just say it's a cry for love. You know, and a spiritual teacher can make a cry for love just like everybody else. You know, a spiritual teacher can have a bad day, a bad moment where they've lost their center. And um, so it's what's important to me is that we're, we're declaring what our intentions are. And when we fall down, no, there's no attack. And if somebody does attack us, we can turn around and say, instead of um, feeling guilty, bad, or ashamed, we can just say, thanks for pointing it out to me. You're right. I was having a difficult time there. And um, if you ever see that I'm struggling in the future, would you offer me some support? Would you? Because I, I could use it. And I'd be grateful for it. And one uh, one example I, I can give you, Mitzi and everyone, is um, years ago I had a uh, thing with my dad where um, he was upset with me. Um, uh, and because the night before we had some people over for dinner and I had been... Um, I had gotten triggered about something and I had just at dinner... I cooked the whole dinner, did all of that, 
but at dinner I just um, I wasn't the um, the life of the party I was quiet and everybody else was going on and on there's plenty of people talking they didn't need me to say anything but I was quiet and um, and then I had a class to teach, so I just went off to my class. So I was being quiet because I had gotten triggered, and I was just coming to center while hostessing this dinner party so that I could go teach my class and be um, centered and focused for my class. And uh, the next morning, my dad got mad at me, and he said, I really didn't appreciate that you were so quiet at dinner. I didn't appreciate that at all. Something was bothering you, and I did not appreciate that. I really expected you to be able to, you know, be the the hostess of that that dinner party and and to um, be more lively. And uh, I said, you know, Dad, I I I had gotten really triggered by something, and I um, was just looking to be quiet and centered and and to um, come back to my heart and go uh, teach the class. And so uh, I can understand why you're disappointed and that you had an expectation of me. And I, I, I'm sorry I let you down. But let me just say, Dad, that in the future, if you ever see that I am having a hard time and I'm struggling, just do me a favor and say, I see you're having a hard time. Is there anything I can do to support you? Would you be willing to do that? And he said, yeah, sure, of course I can. And so I didn't make him wrong for attacking me. I didn't make him wrong for how he felt, that he was disappointed, that he was angry, that he was hurt. Whatever it was, right, that was going on. I didn't, I didn't make him wrong for judging me. I just asked for the support that I would like. And I have learned that that approach and that response to people being upset by my failures, it opens their heart. It's very loving for me. And it brings more love into my life. And it improves my relationships. And therefore, it's a good thing that it happened. It brings me benefit, even though it's not fun, <laughs> even though it's not like, woo, so glad that happened. I can still be grateful that it happened. How does that feel to you, Mitzi? That is really helpful. Um, to turn around because I do find it hard. I don't find it hard sometimes to say, oh, man, I really screwed up. But sometimes I find that I didn't have the words to say, you know, I could really use some, you know, support. Uh, I'd really, I'm glad you pointed that out. And if you see that again, you know, I could use some support because my intention really is to be, kind and accepting and loving so going that extra step is i'm thinking key to this exchange it is you know it's and it's even adding in like i did with my dad you know i i really get that you're disappointed 
I get that, you know, you really want it, it to be different. Just acknowledging that. This, to me, is one of the most helpful things for our relationships. We're acknowledging other people's feelings, but we don't have to take on their attack or their blame. We really don't. And if we feel triggered by the attack and the blame, what, what I have learned is to give myself the, the time to take some breaths, to be in that pause with spirit, to not react. Uh, and that takes training, but boy, life gives you lots of opportunities to practice. Good God almighty, there's a lot of opportunities to practice, millions of them, right? So it's, it's training ourselves not to react. And I, I know for a fact that if we anchor into that contract at the beginning of the day, we, before we even get out of bed, I mean it, the, when you first come to consciousness in the morning, start to bring into your mind what is your contract, what is your aspiration, what's your intention, what are your goals, Bring it into your mind. Affirm that before you even let your feet hit the floor. If, if you can, um, if your feet do hit the floor. <laughs> um, seriously, it will make a difference in how you do every part of your day. And so I really trained myself not to react. And, uh, but instead to really feel what is going on here. How do I feel? How do they feel? And to honor the feelings because we can, I could honor my father's feelings without taking on his attack. He wanted to make me wrong and bad. He wanted to make me feel guilty and ashamed. Why? So I would never do it again so that uh, he could punish me. But I didn't want to take any of that on. I didn't want to contribute to that. And I, I don't want, if I let him make me feel guilty, then he's going to feel guilty for making me feel guilty. Not that he can make me feel guilty, but he can try. And if he succeeded, he would, he would feel the guilt too because we share the same mind. But my not taking it on is an act of goodwill and good karma for both of us. And so it's training ourselves to look for the opportunities to build that, that good karma, to build that flow of love. So the most loving thing I could think of to do at the time was to take responsibility and to have compassion for him. And to not buy into his attack. Those three things. So it's taking responsibility, having compassion for him, and of course having compassion for myself. But taking responsibility for what? For how I felt and the choices I made. How I felt in that moment. So if I had felt really angry at him in the moment, I, I, 
which I, I, I don't remember feeling really angry with him in the moment. I, I do remember feeling upset, but I decided to take responsibility for how I felt rather than blame him for it. And then I really opened my mind to spirit in the moment. How can I help us both? I didn't know, but I was interested in knowing. And then it came through to take responsibility for the choices I'd made the night before and to have compassion for how it triggered him. I did not take responsibility for how he felt because I, that was not, I, I can't make people feel things or not feel things. You know, if I could make people feel things, I would make everybody feel joy and peace. If I had that power to make people feel things, but I don't. So I could, but I can have compassion for how they feel. And so, uh, and it, the more we take responsibility, the more we have compassion, the more we take responsibility for our choices, our feelings, our actions, then we don't take on other people's stuff. And they're attempting to make us feel guilty and ashamed and bad and wrong. We just don't take it on. And I, I've really learned that. And how you know you're not taking it on is you don't feel that third chakra, ugh, you know, or that heart, ugh. You don't have a desire to defend or attack back. That's how you know. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you for having the the willingness to to share that because a lot of people can relate to that. Let's see, Nadia's raising her hand. Hey, Nadia, can you unmute yourself? I'm gonna see if I can. Hey, Jennifer and everybody. Hey. Um, I was just wondering um, if you will be in the future or if you have time today to talk about the violet flame prayer a little bit. Um, it seems really cool and I don't fully understand it. And I just wanted to understand more about violet flame so I could start trying out this new prayer. Anyways, uh, we're going to read a book later in the year called um, the violet flame. I thought I had it right here. I guess I don't. Um, and um, the violet flame is, is an energy of forgiveness, transformation, transmutation, freedom. And um, uh, I do not have time to talk about it in, except briefly right now. I appreciate your asking the question, Nadia. You can, um, you can get that book. Um, it's in your bookstore at uh, the website. I can put a link in the Facebook group. Thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, you can uh, Google around, and there's lots of Violet Flame meditations at YouTube. Um, in A Course in Miracles, um, 
Jesus talks about the great race with a capital G and a capital R. And uh, the great rays are these uh, aspects of light that are uh, the spiritual qualities. So uh, the violet ray is one of those great rays. And, uh, and the quality is transformation, liberation, freedom, forgiveness, compassion, and uh, it's really about uh, aligning your heart with divine will. And, uh, and the power in that is profoundly transformative. So. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And so use the invocations in the workbook and, and see how it feels to you. But we will be talking about that later in the year. Okay, great. I knew it was off topic. I just wanted to throw that in there. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So um, as you can see, we, we won't always have breakouts. Uh, there's, not, there's not a set format to this class. I follow my intuition. I follow my guidance. Uh, one of the things I'd like to ask you to do is uh, you, you can talk about your contracts in your mastery circles and with your prayer partners in your community calls. Um, as you're working on yours, you can um, post it in our Facebook group. And um, one thing that's a helpful way to work on your contract is to read it aloud. Then your whole body's vibrating with it. The whole room is vibrating with it. And reading it aloud, that will help you also to really get that sense of, is this exactly what uh, works for me? Um, sometimes when people write their contracts, they will write in, uh, in an intention or a goal that's actually a negative affirmation. So a negative goal affirmation would be something like, uh, my goal is to stop uh, wasting my time, my energy, and my money on Wine, women, and song, you know, uh, something like that. People make negative affirmations like that. My goal is to stop blah, 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 you know, or my, now in the, um, in the example that I have in the journal that I shared with you, I have, uh, uh, what did I, I have here, um, in the intention I wrote as an example, my intention is to release the habits of self-sabotage and medication, self-medication in order to live a life of loving kindness. Um, so uh, to me, that was a softer way of saying it and uh, that it was helpful because uh, we, we have habits and beliefs that are, uh, really debilitating, and so to have an intention or a goal to to release it, 
And it, it feels stronger to me to say that than to say, stop doing this or that. But, you know, to really release it forever. Because we can stop the behavior, but the mind isn't healed. You know, has anybody ever done that? I know I have, where you go on a diet. Yeah, you go on a diet to and you lose 50 pounds or something and uh and then you gain it back plus more because you haven't shifted your mind you know a beautiful testimonial from someone last year uh was uh they had uh they really they had a habit of self-medicating with food and they um oh and i think she shared actually earlier this year um uh had a had a a habit of self-medicating with food as many 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 people do practically everyone does and um, they she made this habit of when she felt that impulse to go self-medicate with food she would just pause and say you know what is it that I'm really feeling here what is it that I'd really like and through doing that she reduced that habit of self-medicating with food and I don't know, dropped, I can't remember now, 20 or 25 pounds over the course of the year without any dieting at all. You see, that's, that's a shift in, in consciousness that changes the habits, right? So that's what we're going here for here. The lasting permanent healing of our mind. And that's what changes our life. Um, the Course in Miracles, Chapter 2 in the Fear and Conflict section, um, all thought produces form at some level. And uh, so it's our, our, our thinking, which comes from our beliefs, that, that produces the form of our life. And so we're looking to change things at the level of the mind uh, rather than at the level of form so that the shift is a permanent healing. So it's a different way of working. This is not self-help and um, uh, this is not self-improvement. It's much more self-expression, but expressing our true self rather than a false self, which is deeply fulfilling and... Um, and it eliminates fear and worry and doubt and shame and blame and regret and resentment and hurt. And, and that's why it's a year long course because, uh, it's the day in and day out and the peaks and the valleys and the ups and the downs that uh, we really learn from. And so what, what can happen is yes, we will have peaks and valleys, but we learn from them. And therefore, everything then becomes beneficial to us and nothing is wasted. And, and we don't perceive it as being a waste. Because that's one thing that a lot of people who come to this class in the beginning, they feel like they've wasted a lot of their life. Uh, no, we're going to harvest the wisdom from everything. And you'll be grateful for everything, just as it is. That's one of my goals for you. Um, so... Uh, as you work on the contract, I'm going to invite you, and this is for everyone, including the um, uh, rocket fuel people. Um, 
when you feel you've got a good strong draft of your contract doesn't have to be the final version it could just be a draft email it to me at mlc at jenniferhadley.com mlc for masterful living course mlc at jenniferhadley.com and um and then i can uh uh you know see if i have any suggestions or thoughts for you of how to strengthen it um and then the other thing i'd like to ask all of you to do is to uh write like i said there's a lot more kind of writing work at the beginning of the year and uh there's not a, a ton throughout the rest of the year it's really we're doing this now to lay this strong foundation of clarity for our year. You'll be so glad you did. So one of the things I'd like you to do it, when you feel like you've really done the, the reboot work, write uh, an email to me as though it's a year from now, you know, or it's, it's January, 2019. Um, or it's the end of December 2018, and say, um, you know, Dear Jennifer, I'm so grateful for all the shifts and changes in this year, and uh, I'd like to tell you what's changed for me and why you're so happy about it. So you're writing it, it as though it's the present moment now, and these things have already taken place. So uh, there's, there's power in these writing exercises. I've learned that over the years. So I'm asking you to send me two emails, two separate emails, one with your contract. Please put contract in the subject line if you would. And uh, the other one is uh, what you'd like to say to me one year from now. And you can put in the subject line one year from now. And... Uh, and I like to have those. Those are important to me. So please, if, if you feel comfortable, share those with me. Because then I can hold it in my heart with you and for you and energize it for you. Um, and so we're at time here. Anybody have anything else they'd like to share? And anybody have any uh, testimonials, any uh, breakthroughs during the week? Anything like that? Any questions? Anything at all? Nadia. Yep. Oh, there, I got gotcha. you. Hey. Um, just wanted to let you know that um, I actually, I, I called you in Sacred Circle this last week having a complete meltdown. And uh, you had suggested I write um, some forgiveness letters. And um, I just wanted to let you know that I've written a couple forgiveness letters to myself. I only started, it took me a few days. I was in some pretty big resistance about it. Um, and I've just been noticing since I've written just these two, I'm going to commit, I'm going to try to commit to doing that 40 day forgiveness letter challenge. We'll see how it goes. But um, I've been really noticing that my mind is so much more peaceful during the day. I wrote one yesterday, and I just purged so much 
that I just didn't have anything to dwell on during the day. And then today, this morning, I did another one. And uh, I've just felt really calm. It's pretty cool. Just wanted to share that. I feel like that's a really big breakthrough for me because normally I have just such a monkey mind. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us, Nadia. And, thank you. Um, you know what I would invite you to do in terms of that 40 days is um, I was saying last week that that list in the um, New Year's Reboot material, the repeating memories, and uh, it's also the list, it's the same list in uh, mm-hmm. the workbook of the um, um, the taking stock that if you write just those forgiveness letters, start with those and then okay. keep going. But you know, those different, those 11 memories, um, forgiving yourself mm-hmm. in each one of those instances, um, it's gonna clear a huge amount of energy. And see, you see, it's, uh, you can, your, your share is so helpful, Nadia, because really, the unforgiveness, it creates so much noise in the background mm-hmm. of our life. And then we don't have that energy to heal our body, to heal our relationships, to express our creativity, to um, be abundant and prosperous, and to have all those spiritual qualities uh, being expressed <clears throat> through us, as us. Because we, we're taking all of our energy instead of investing it and holding on to these things from the past. So it is a very powerful way to clear out all those uh, energy sucks and depletions. So that it's like I remember I was in a yoga class yesterday and one of my classmates said, uh, oh, yeah, after work, I just went home. All I could do was order pizza and watch TV. That's all I could do. And uh, I, everybody knows how that feels. Everybody knows how that feels. Everybody. I'm sure the Dalai Lama knows how that feels, you know. So, but the thing is, is when we really are, like, I used to feel that way, but I don't feel that way anymore. It's I don't feel like that's all I could do. I feel like if I have had a very long day of, um being out in the world or whatever it is, um, running errands, teaching, whatever it is, I don't feel at the end of it that's all I could do. I don't feel that level of mental exhaustion. I might feel like, okay, now I would like to um, just rest my mind, enjoy something entertaining, uh, eat some uh easy, fun food or uh, something that's my favorite. But it's not like that's all I could do. It's a very different energetic that we're going for. And that's what, you know, Course in Miracles, if you distilled the whole thing down, it would say, let go of your judgments so you can remember the truth of who you are. And that's what forgiveness is. And that's why it brings so much peace, because it's letting go of the thoughts that are unpeaceful. So great demonstration. Keep it going. 
Thank you. I just wanted to quickly add that um, the whatever is going on in the physical realm hasn't changed at all. Um, but I believe that something in the unseen realm is shifting for me. And I actually just don't even care about the physical realm right now. Like I'm just feeling peaceful and it's, that's gold. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's really true in, in the manual for teachers. Uh, there's a section called should healing be repeated. And it talks about if, um, if you're not seeing results in the world of form, should you um, repeat uh, the, the prayers and this and that? And, the, you know, it can be very comforting to repeat the prayers. I, 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 I do the same prayers all the time, constantly. And I really recommend the purity affirmations in the workbook and, and all the prayers in there. That's why I picked them. Um, and um, but don't doubt that the healing has happened because it hasn't demonstrated in form yet. We don't know why it hasn't demonstrated in form yet, but everything works together for our good. There's no exception. So that's that, and that is one of the things that uh, really challenges the ego to not doubt. A Course in Miracles tells us all doubt is self-doubt. So let's not project that self-doubt onto God and let's trust that everything is working together for our good. There's no exception. And so I'm, I'm and also Nadia, to give thanks, to be super grateful for the healing that's happened, whether we can see it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, so next week we're going to start uh, our, so next week is a big holiday here, or President's Day in the United States, and um, probably be a lot of demonstrations given how some people feel about the president here. And um, uh, we will have class next week. Uh, we have class every, um, every, uh, week in February, we're not, instead of not having class on the holiday, we're not going to have class on March 5th, the first Monday in March. But we have class almost every week. And on March 5th, we'll have a community call instead. So um, I, I find that it's, that, that it's good to have a class on the community, on the, um, the holiday because for some people that's the day they can come to class with more ease because they aren't working and things like that so we're going to have class next monday for sure and then we won't have class you'll have a community call because some people can't go to the saturday community call so we'll have one on the evening of march 5th evening my time and um great all right, so we'll begin our prayer uh, classes on prayer, my prayer power sequence next Monday. All right, so let's, let's say a prayer and go on our way. We're over time here. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the power and the presence of love guiding us. So grateful for the power and the presence of love 
leading us, uniting us. So grateful that love is our true identity. Love is all that we are. We are grateful to harvest the wisdom from all of our experiences. We are grateful and thankful to affirm that everything is indeed working together for our good. We're grateful to let the judgments and the opinions, the condemnation, the attack, the blame and the shame, all of it be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause so that we never experience it again. We're opening our hearts and minds to the truth. We're opening ourselves to true prosperity and freedom. We are grateful and thankful, so thankful, that the benefits of our healing are shared with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yay. Thank God. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Mwah. Bye for now.